Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley, and each week I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon prep, and they will share some things with us that we did not hear in the sermon. The goal of the podcast is to ask things like, why did our church need to hear this message on Sunday? Or, why did you personally need to preach this message? The pastors will also share some practical next steps. We're glad you're here listening. Here's my conversation with Pastor Joey. Hey, Joey, how's it going? Hey, Claire. You know, um, my desk is a mess and my to-do list is super long, but if you're seeing this on video, everything looks pristine. So I'm doing well. All right. Yes. I mean, all that matters is what the outward appearance of how you're doing. Just just the background needs to look good. Yeah. Nobody needs to see what's right here. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for giving us just a little bit of your time. We'll try and make your time worth it and our listeners' time worthwhile just by hitting them with a few minutes of nugget knowledge from Pastor Mm. Joey. Let's do it. So, Joey, on Sunday, you preached from Isaiah 53 verses seven through nine. And the title of your sermon was Willing Submission. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you just give us a little bit, um, just a quick overview of your sermon from Sunday. Yeah, Willing Submission. So what what really struck me from these three verses of this song um, is the the picture of the servant who we know to be Jesus, willingly submitting himself to the the suffering and the the death that brought our redemption the the suffering by which he took our griefs and sorrows and he took our sins and iniquities on himself and so that um there there's that substitution that came through clearly Jesus for us in our place but it, it says twice in the first verse of this passage that he opened not his mouth he didn't raise his voice against what was being done to him. And even in one of the words there that could be read kind of reflexively as something he did to himself, afflicting himself, meaning he, he, didn't, he didn't raise his voice, he didn't raise a fist, he didn't respond, he didn't react against uh, what was being done to him because what he was doing was not for him, it was not about him, it, it was for us. Um, so that, that sense of the willingness to submit himself to the point of death for our sakes is what really struck me out of this passage. Yeah. So mm. uh, willing submission, the, the main key idea was that only a willing will can substitute for an unwilling will. Mm-hmm. That the point where our greatest need is our outright rebellion against God could only be redeemed by someone who is perfectly obedient and perfectly willing to be the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Couldn't just be, you know, a good person who got caught up and then killed it had to be a person who willingly put himself in that place sure uh, which is what we see in jesus yeah you connected at the end of your sermon that uh jesus then is in the garden and he's praying to the father not my will but your will be done right so it's just demonstrates not just the um willingness to go but also the submission to the father to go yeah Absolutely. I mean, that passage is where, where he says, um, Father, if, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. I mean, it, it's not an easy thing he's about to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's any way, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there's, of course, other, other passages that refer to this same moment, uh, or at least this, um, 
this struggle I think that Jesus was going through when like in Hebrews, when it says for the joy set before him, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Right. And, and even in the passage, we're going to study this Sunday in uh, Isaiah 53, I think it's verse 11. Yeah. It says out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. He will see the outcome of his work and be satisfied with the cost hmm. uh, that the very anguish of his own soul. Um, so there, there's a lot going on. There's, there's the, I know what I'm here to do. Nevertheless, it's an incredibly painful and difficult, I mean, infinitely painful and difficult thing to do beyond what any of us could understand, but I'm going to go through with it for the joy, for the satisfaction, ultimately for the love of the people that he would redeem. Sure. Yeah. So Joey, what did God teach you during the past week, few weeks as you're preparing for the sermon? Um, what did he personally teach you? as you were working on it? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think the, the thing that has stuck with me since preaching it um, was something I hadn't even really thought about as anything more than a, a transition line, almost a throwaway line. You know, I started with a story about my wife and um, trying to get warmer by in bed by uh, putting a towel over herself, mm -hmm. right? And um, I, so I talked about, okay, eventually like I got up and I got a blanket and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, relationships are built on the foundation of a string of unheralded minor self-sacrifices like that. That didn't occur to me as anything more than just a obvious statement of like, of course. Um, but I had a few comments afterwards of like, oh my gosh, that's incredibly insightful that we need to hear that more, what relationships are, are built on. And so I guess it made me think, of my own relationships, not just with my wife, but with my daughter, with my parents, with my siblings, you know, all around with coworkers and, and others to say, well, how, how often am I engaging in unheralded acts of minor self-sacrifice building those relationships? So it's, it's barely connected to the sermon. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, at least for me, that's the thing that is kind of, um, that I've still been thinking about after the sermon. I mean, before, you know, while I was doing all of the, the study and all of that, yeah, it was this, it really was the, the key idea that we ended up in um, as I kept thinking about, I mean, there's a lot of cool things to say about these verses, but what are the verses saying to us? And I wanted to make that theological turn towards substitution. And right. just thinking again about, about substitution, about Jesus for me. You know, sometimes Jesus for me, that could just mean, you know, he's an inspiration and I should try to live my life, you know, like his. Um, but that's, that's not, that's not what Isaiah is writing about. You know, he mm -hmm. says Jesus or the servant for us, like going over again, all of the things that he's carrying, grief, sorrows, iniquities, sins, rebellions, transgressions, and all of the things that are being done to him, um, wounding, chastising, um, striking, smiting, um, like all of these, it's like, there's, there's a lot that should be mine that is his. And mm -hmm. so um, anticipating all of that going into the service, especially into first service, um, was just a real powerful worship uh, moment for me of connecting what we were, what I was about to preach with what we were singing. And then coming out of the weekend, it was thinking about, well, how is, how is Jesus for me turning into me for others sure. in small ways? Sure. And, you know, we've heard this Easter story, right? Or we've heard this sacrifice story. So how many times, but something Nathan 
says all the time is that it just never gets old. The Easter story does not get old and you can always mm -hmm. have um, new insight or new understanding. And um, also on the note of like small self-sacrifice, I think that Jenna told me that she could really use like a good cooked steak maybe and like a foot massage and some other things. So just like- Okay, so hold on, I need to write this down. She wants <laughs> steak and a foot massage? Yes. Um, also okay. cleaning the whole house and, you know, um, I could do that and it would <laughs> still need to be redone afterwards. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. So, um, all right. So Joey, any point of application that you wanted to add on for our listeners, something for them to think about as this podcast ends and maybe they have a few minutes left in their drive or a, a walk or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, a good, a good question to consider yourself is um, to what extent does Jesus for me uh, turn into me for others? You know, uh, if Jesus stood between me and what I deserved for what I myself had done, um, then to what extent are you standing between others and what they deserve for themselves because of what they've done? Not, not in like a salvific sense, like I'm going to sacrifice myself on behalf of these people, but right, like your, you know, your kid leaves dirty laundry all over the floor, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, they, they deserve to have to come back up here and pick it up and put it away. It's like, or minor unheralded self-sacrifice. Uh, you can pick it up and throw it in the hamper. Now, don't do it too much or they never learn to clean up their own dirty laundry, obviously. But um, there's moments when we can choose to, instead of being mad about a situation or angry at someone for um, how what they've done wrong rebounds on us, um, mm -hmm. we just momentarily in an unheralded way sacrifice for them because Jesus, Jesus for me equals me for others. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Joey. Thanks for giving us something to think about. And uh, thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of cut for time. If this conversation has blessed you in any way, we encourage you to consider sharing it with others. If you ever wish to submit questions to our pastors following their Sunday sermon, you can email your questions to podcast at faithliveitout.org, and we'll do our best to cover the question in the episode. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, Joey, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Wow, that was super awkward. I didn't what? expect you to ask me how I was doing. And so I was like, uh, good. And then I was, I, should I talk about how I was throwing up all yesterday night or two nights ago or no, maybe we just. Hey, Joey, how's it going? Oh, um, I can't think of anything to say other than good. So I guess I'll just say I'm awake and I'm moving and the tank is clean. So it's good. <laughs> you cannot say that. The tank is clean. <laughs> uh, you cut out. Sorry. The tank is clean. Don't you know that from uh, Finding Nemo? Good morning, oh. everybody. The sun is oh. out. The tank is clean. <gasps> yes. The tank is clean. Oh, no. You're the right. tank is clean. Okay. I thought that was a reference to the fact that everything is now out of your body. Oh, <laughs> no. Like, Joey, no, that's the not tank good. Is clean. It <laughs> this can go, this, this part can go at the end. Okay. After the outro music, yeah. you can just put yeah. all, all this at the end. <laughs>